I don't get where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The Director of Scouting for TSN will be along very shortly. My name is Dean Millard and it is great to have you aboard here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast. We are just glad that you have joined us. This is a show where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. And one of those stars of tomorrow is actually a star of today. And our top shelf talent, we're going to be looking at Juraj Slavkovsky, uh, the Slovakian sniper at the Olympic Games. Actually, we need to uh, update that now because he has five goals in five games at the Olympics. He's ranked seventh on the Craig's list. Uh, Christian Cairo is in the next wave, a defenseman with the Erie Otters of the OHL. In the trenches, scouting has this prospect. He's ranked 49th on the Craig's list. And in time machine, we'll go back to last year's draft where Brant Clark was selected eighth overall. He is currently lighting it up with the Barry Colts. So that is what we will have going for you. Of course, Craig joins us on the UFHL hotline. You should get into the UFHL if you are a scout of any kind. If you are a bit of a bird dog, if you think you have some scouting talent, you should become a scout and track the same players that Craig does. Check out the information at uffsports.com where you can register as a scout for just $20 worth of score coin, and then you can get in the game where you own the game. And as mentioned, more great programming at Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, either on YouTube or listening on your podcast format. If you'd like to join us and contact us and get in touch for any reason, send us an email, ufsn at uffsports.com, and we can get your programming on our network. We're always looking for great shows, great hosts, and more importantly, great content. All right, let's bring him in now, the Director of Scouting for TSN and my good friend, Craig Button. Here he is, the Director of Scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button.
Okay, Craig, this is terrific timing for us to uh, talk about, uh, obviously, the three players we're going to talk about, but one in particular is having just a major impact at the Olympic Games, and that is our top-shelf talent today. Yurov Slavkovsky, a center left winger. Uh, he's played a little bit of everywhere. He's played it with uh, TPS in the Liga. He's played in the World Juniors, and now he's shining at the Olympics. Pipeline Prospects has this player, and they are ecstatic. Five goals in five games at the Olympics so far for Slovakia, who pulled off the great victory over Team USA, and they're in the Final Four, and you have them ranked number seven, Craig. And and let's just let's just start with the most recent goal in, in I guess, yesterday's game against the U.S., is that a typical goal that you see from this type of player where he uses his shot more than anything? Because I, I haven't watched a lot of them, but I was so impressed with how fast he got that shot off yesterday. Well, and so, so Dean, just to jump right on that, that translates, right? The, you don't have more time at the NHL level, you have less time. You don't have more space at the NHL level, you have less space. So when you can get that shot off like he did and score like that, I mean, that that right there is something that, that gets your attention, as it should, and it translates. But I wouldn't say that he's just uh, – he's got an excellent shot. Uh, with that shot, he's also got excellent disguise on it. He, he, he doesn't have a big wind-up. He gets the puck on his stick, and, and he can snap it and hold the goaltender. And those are important elements for scoring as well. And, you know, but, but, but he'll drive the net. He'll drive the net. He'll drive inside the dots. He'll drive into that scoring area, into the inner slot area. He hunts loose pucks. But because he can be dangerous with that shot from distance, well, how do you defend somebody like that now? How do you defend him when he can beat you in so many different ways? He, he, he can beat you from distance with the shot. He, he can overpower you with a size to the net. And now we talk about having a, 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 bigger, a, a, a bigger landscape to work with. Well, that's Uri Slavkovsky. He's got, you know, if you go out on him, he can beat you. He can beat you with quickness. He can beat you with power. You can't take him off. Hard to stop going to the net. And, and Dean, he, he, he's, just, he's just a pup. He's just a pup. I mean, just imagine what he could be like in a year or two. And certainly, you know, when you look at what he's done at the Olympics as a as a as a 17-year-old player, uh, I mean, it, it, it's massively impressive. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And he he he's a big reason Slovakia is in the medal round. Yeah, no doubt. I, what what else I liked about that goal last night, not the, the obvious shot, but how he read the play. Uh, you know, Slovakia dumped it in, the puck was around. He didn't just stand there waiting. He circled, got into a position where if the puck did come loose, which it did, which kind of tells me he can read ahead of the play. So I was impressed with that. And, and you mentioned it, obviously, his size. He's an absolute beast. He's going to grow into that strength as he gets older as well. And, you know, the fact that he's played in La Liga, now he's playing in the the Olympics we always talk about playing up and how players compare he's passing all of these tests it seems with flying colors yeah and and, and again I love the way you use the, the the word tests right and and they are tests so we talk about scouting lots Dean and and you know when we talk about you know getting in the game and, and scouting what what are the different elements you know you, you're watching players and you're watching the best players at the levels below the NHL and, and you're trying to assess the skills and the attributes. And, and they're obvious. And they're really good. But 
what you never get an opportunity to do is assess those attributes and skills against the competition that you're going to, uh, that you're projecting them to play against and play successfully against. That's the NHL. So how do you find opportunities to, 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 to see scenarios that might more closely replicate what you're projecting to? There's no way you can't say watching Uri Slavkovsky at the Olympics uh, against older, more experienced competition and seeing what he's doing, that builds your confidence in, in terms of, uh, of assessing those attributes and saying, this is a player that we think can really advance. I, 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 I go back to the 2013 draft. and During the lockout of 2012-2013, NHL players were playing in Europe. Well, that was Sasha Barkov's draft year. Sasha was playing in Tapara. I was over in Europe watching league play. I had a great opportunity, one game, but I got to watch Sasha Barkov in his draft year go head-to-head versus Mikko Koivu, who was playing for TPS. And Mikko Koivu was in the prime of his career. Like, it, it, it's one game. But, you, you know, you knew Sasha was a top-end player. You knew how good he was. It just builds your confidence in saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more certain. Can you ever be 100% certain? Unless you're talking about Crosby or Meryl Lemieux or Connor McDavid, right? You know, there's not 100% certainty that goes with it. But when, you're, when you get that opportunity to assess a player under those conditions and that type of an environment, it, it, it absolutely builds uh, a, a scout's confidence. And, and that's exactly what's happened here with Uri Slavkowski. So when you look at him, uh, the whole package and what he can grow into, uh, is there somebody that you can compare him to? Obviously, this is a guy who a lot of people are going to be talking about as a top five, top three. Uh, Some maybe even think he could challenge Shane Wright for the top spot. Is there a player you look at with Slavkowski? There is. You want to take a gander who that may be? Um... I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen him enough to uh, compare him to somebody. You know, Dean, I love you for many reasons, you know, but, you know, the fact that you're honest and, and, and you say, hey, I, I, I don't feel comfortable, you know, saying because I haven't seen him enough. You, you've seen him quite a bit, but, but not being comfortable is a great answer. I, I find myself in that spot lots of times too, Dean. You know, I go, okay, he reminds me of this, but can I, is there somebody better that compares? So I, I just love that that, that that you said that. So he, here's who I'm looking at with, with respect to style of game. And, and I want to say lowercase. It's Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, yeah. I, and I'm going back to Leon Dreisaitl at the same age. I'm going back to Leon Dreisaitl, who was big, who, who needed some areas of his game to develop. Well, we've seen him develop into Hart Trophy, 50-goal scorer, leading scorer in the National Hockey League. I mean, that's tremendous. I'll be straightforward with you. There's no way the Edmonton Oilers projected him to be that. Nobody did. Just like when we drafted Jerome McGinley, we didn't project him to be a 600 goal scorer. But they did. You you are projecting him to be really good players. So I'm not talking about Uri Slavkovsky, you know, being Leon Dreisaitl today. I'm saying at the same stage of the game, the power, the shot, the drive, the way he plays, you know, when I call him a pup, you know, how much more room he has to grow. That's Leon Dreisaitl at the same stage. So that's the that's the that's the comparable I'm using at this point in time. I say lowercase because we all know what Leon's developed into, but that's what I see in Uri Slavkowski. 
I love that. And and, and I remember Leon Dreisaitl, obviously, uh, in his draft year. And I remember there, all the talk with Leon Dreisaitl was one of the best passers in the game, which he certainly is. But he evolved into something as a 50-goal scorer as you well. And as you said, and that just shows you that, you know, what a player is now isn't necessarily what he's going to be in five years. There's still going to be elements. But as these players evolve, but I love the comparison with the size and the strength because Leon Dreisaitl, even though he was as big as he was, he still had to learn a lot about using that strength at the next level. I, I really like that comparison. And, 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 and you nailed it, Dean. He had to learn. He had to learn how to, how to utilize that, th- those attributes well, and, and all of them. I mean, obviously, when you're a top pick like Leon was, when you're, you're going to be a top pick like Slavkovsky is going to be, you know, you have a lot more of those attributes. But, but learning how to use them and learning how to, how to take advantage of them, that's all part of the, of, of the maturation process. So, you know, I, I go back to like, so I've watched you ride for a number of years now. And so I go back to the World Junior two years ago. He was playing with Slovakia, and he was 16 years old, 16 years old. And along with Simon Nemitz, who's going to be a high draft pick from Slovakia, he's on the Olympic team. He's not playing as much for Slovakia. But, you know, you're watching Ura. You watch those things, and and you, you hear me talk about, you know, it's a continuum of evaluation data points that you're putting together to try to build the dossier on the player. I can tell you this. He had the same drive, the same initiative when he was 16, playing it, playing at the World Junior Tournament against much older and, and very good competition. He, he wasn't as refined as he is now. And, and he's, not re, he's not as refined today as he will be in, a, in another six months and another 12 and 18 months. That's how good this guy is. But you, you look for those things, and now you're seeing, like, you know, continuous development, continuous development, quicker, faster, more assertive, more powerful, understanding what he can do. But all those things, and, and Dean, I, I, I differentiate between what I call developmental weaknesses. So at 16, he, he was still in a developmental phase, and his weaknesses, and we, I use weakness, weren't, weren't inherent weaknesses that can't be improved. They were just weaknesses that needed time for him to work on and to be comfortable asserting himself. That's what you got now. And guess what? He's just scratching the surface. Well, I can tell you that uh, Duckman's domination with two potential top five picks would be thrilled to walk away from the draft with Shane Wright and, and Uri Slavkovsky, but that's uh, another day to talk about. But definitely a guy who's going to get a lot of talk uh, for the contention near the top of the draft. Okay, let's move on to the next wave, and we're talking about Christian Cairo, a defenseman for Erie of the OHL. In the trenches, scouting has listed this player 13 goals, 24 assists in 40 games this year, Ranked 49th on the Craigslist, and this is the younger brother of Jordan Cairo, uh, who I think is about five years older, so I can only imagine how much Christian benefited from the old street hockey games uh, with his brother. His brother's a forward. He is a defenseman. Uh, tell me about uh, the type of defenseman you see. Uh, when I look at the statistics, obviously uh, I see an offensive defenseman, but what more is there to uh, Christian Cairo? Yeah, well, there's a lot more to Christian. So, you know, you, you look at his birthday. So, so, so he, he, he just missed last year's draft, you know, uh, by having a birthday just after September 15th. One day. So, yeah, one day. Keep in mind, he didn't play last year. He didn't play last season. 
So, you know, now you're looking at a player, so you're going back. Again, it's a great opportunity to talk about, you know, the continuum and you, and you look at data points. So I can go back two years in time and I can sit down and say, you know, okay, yeah, you, you had a glimpse of him because that's all I had was a glimpse of him. I mean, he kind of made a note here or there, but there was nothing in, in, in my notes that was obvious to me. But you understood him because your last name is Cairo. You know, it, it, it piques your interest a little bit more. Doesn't play last year. Now he starts this year, right? Now, was he on my radar screen early on this year? No, he wasn't. But I went to watch Erie play and watching a couple of their players. And you're watching the game and Christian just keeps popping into your, into your sight lines. Not because, not because he's doing anything that's extravagant. It's just like, Good play, good play, good play. You're going, oh, who did that? Well, that's Christian Cairo again. That's Christian Cairo. What a good play. What a good play. And so I, I tell this to young players all the time. Just play your game. And, and, and I say, if you play your game and play it to your strengths, trust me, you will find the scouts' eyes. You don't have to worry about the scouts finding you. You, you will find their eyes. That's how, and so that's what Christian did with me. Then you watch him more. And now you watch him play the game and you watch him think the game. You watch how he makes plays. And, you know, he's a heady player. He's a player that anticipates the play. You know, I always believe that you better have really good hockey sense to be able to play successfully at the NHL level. You better be able to think what I call progression of thought. You better be able to think you're going to get a puck. You better know once you're going to get the puck what your next play is. And, 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 and then, okay, I'm going to make that play. And then what, what can I do after that? Christian does those things. So as I'm watching him, and, and so is he the biggest guy? No. Is he the fastest guy? No. But I also know, like his brother, there's a level of physical immaturity in his game that you really believe will come around. So now it gets to the point. Who, 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 who do I think he could be like? So I'm looking at my notes, and I'm watching him more, and I'm looking at his notes. And I told this to his agent, Jeff Jackson and Dave Gagne. I said, you know, because we were talking about it, and, and they really believe in him. And, and there's, we're talking about it. And I said, you know who it reminds me of, guys? And they said, who? I said, Adam Fox. Mm. And they went, ooh. Dave Gagne says to me, he goes, ooh, I like Adam Fox. I said, I guess you do. But I'm going back in time to Adam Fox. I'm going back to Adam Fox at that stage of his draft year. He was a third-round draft pick, Dean. And, you know, even myself, okay, as I watched and I watched and I watched, Adam and I keep going like he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. And I kept saying like, okay, I kept pushing him up my list. I I I, I didn't put him up anywhere near high enough on my list, obviously. Okay, and you, you go in the third round, you, you you know it speaks to how other people may have been viewing him. But when I watch Christian Cairo play, I see a lot of the same types of thinking, anticipating that Adam Fox had. Does he go end to end like Kale McCarr? No. Does he, does he dazzle you with this overpowering shot? No. But when you watch the game and you watch all what I call, you know, important elements that, 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 that need to be on display for somebody to show that they can advance to the NHL, Christian Cairo has those. 
Well, it's it's so interesting when we always look back at drafts, and, and and I know you've used football as an example. I'll tell you who was a third round pick: Cooper Cup, who is a Super Bowl champion and was the the triple crown leader in the NFL this year for receivers. And and you talk about Adam Fox. It's also how they develop on their own, how the team develops them. A lot goes into it. So when you're looking at a player and saying he was a third, only a third round pick, you should take the word only out of it because there's a lot of factors that go into it so we know that uh, Mr. Cairo can can obviously uh, play some offensive hockey uh, how does what skills does he use how does he defend so strongly um, at, you know in the OHL and how will he have to improve that as he continues well the, what I would say to you on the, on the last part is every player has to has to get better in certain areas of the game. Defending certainly is, is one of the key elements. And, you know, understanding, you know, you know, I really believe defensemen have to learn what not to do once they get to the, once they get knocking on the door and into the NHL, because they've been able to do so much prior to that, but you got to learn what not to do. It's no different than a quarterback that has to learn, okay, I, I might not be able to get that ball into that window there because the, the linebackers or the cornerbacks are quicker and faster and anticipate a little bit better. So that's, a, that's what I mean by learning what not to do. But you also have to understand what the strengths of your game is and, and, and not try to get yourself, you, you know, in situations where, where your game, your attributes are, are, are not to an advantage. So, so what, the, so, so example, and I'll use Christian. So is Christian going to overpower anybody? No. So what you got to do is, is make sure that you're in really good, strong position. You got to hold your position. Is Christian the, is Christian the quickest guy on the ice? No, not necessarily from a pure time standpoint, but that means that don't, I, I, you know, one of the things Oliver Shillington has learned here in the NHL this year, and people say, why is Oliver Shillington having a good year? Well, a big part of Oliver Shillington is understanding what he can't do. And I'll give you an example. Oliver's a great skater, was always a great skater. But when you can make up for mistakes because you're skating at the lower levels, you, you, you tend to fall into a pattern and, and, and to habits. Well, now you come to the NHL and, and, and you know, you, you can't make those mistakes, so you get burned. And, and this is what I said about Oliver. Oliver used to take a step in the wrong direction. And now that means you got to make up two steps. Two steps in the NHL, Dean, is, mm-hmm. is, is, is massive. It's massive. So now what Oliver's learned, I don't need to take a step forward. I'm just going to hold my position here. And now you're looking up. So when I talk about Christian, that's the same thing with Christian. That's Adam Fox. You know what? If you're not the quickest, and even if you're the quickest, you, you, you can't make up for that. And understanding that my positioning, I'm not going to overplay scenarios. I also believe Christian has really good leverage. I don't care how big you are as an NHL defenseman. If you don't have leverage to your game, and I'm talking about leverage to hold off checks. I'm talking about leverage to hold position. I'm talking about having leverage to defend. You're going to have a real problem playing in the National Hockey League successfully. And I don't care if you're six foot five or five foot ten. That is a that is an important element that you need. Christian has that. So is he going to be able to just kind of overwhelm people and overpower people? No, but he doesn't have to do that quick with his stick, anticipate, read, 
you know, make sure his positioning is good. And when he does intercept the pass and when he does get himself into spots, now he can jump into a play. And now he doesn't get caught up in, 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 in what I call the mosh pit. You know, when, you, when you're getting involved in unnecessary physical battles, now you got to get yourself untangled. And now you got to try to, okay, I got to get out of that. Now you're too late jumping into the play. Being smart, positionally sound, disciplined, those are all real elements. They all have to learn it. But that's what, when I see Christian play, that I think he has. Well, if you're two steps behind in the NHL, you're already a step towards the AHL probably because guys don't survive very long in the NHL being two steps behind. And and I really think it can't be understated that Christian has an older brother that is in the NHL having a fantastic season on pace for a 30-plus goal year. And just like we've talked about guys like Slavkovsky playing up a different level, you know, constantly battling with your older brother, whether it's on the ODR or street hockey or, or just advice for the most honest advice. I really think it doesn't automatically mean Christian's going to be a, an NHL player, but I just really think it uh, it helps in that regard to prepare yourself mentally for the grind uh, that, that is going to come his way at some point. Yeah, there's no question. You know, when, you know, when you're five years apart, uh, you, you know, you, you, you're kind of looking up to your older brother. You're, you're probably not, you know, in the, in, in the same competitive arena. But, but certainly you, you can watch the track that Jordan went on. You know, as parents, you can say, hey, listen, just keep going along your path. Keep doing what you're doing. And I think one of the hardest things for players is, is that, like, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're trying to advance and people want to make – I always say be careful about making hard and fast evaluations on 14, 15, 16-, 17-year-old kids. Be really careful. You know, talk about what you see. Talk about where you think there's areas of improvement and go from there. Because when you start talking about maturity, physical, mental, emotional, it's ongoing. And, 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 and it can be rapid in some parts. It can be a little bit slower in other parts. But, but you got to give it the requisite amount of time for them to, to be able to, to, to take all this uh, maturing and then be able to apply it. It's no different in any walk of life. And it certainly applies uh, in evaluating talent and, in this case, hockey players. Be really careful about hard and fast evaluations. You know, uh, you know, I remember years ago when I was first started scouting, you know, you, you hear, ah, oh, he'll never play. Never? You sure? <laughs> you want you, you want to you put that stake in the ground? You want to say never? Really? You want to like, yeah. And one of the things that I've learned in, in, in what I do now, you know, when you're with a team, you can just zero in and just say, this is our criteria. This is what we're looking for. You recognize other, but you don't really have to zero in on it and say, okay, this player can fit with us. And, you know, you, you're just saying, you know, this is our criteria. But at the same time, what I've been able to do now is, is recognize there's a lot of different ways for players to have success in the NHL. And it doesn't always have to be along the path uh, of, of what your preferences are. And, and, and I'll, I'll use the word bias. We all have biases. You know, you want hardworking players. You want smart players. You want fast skating players. I always say this about Glenn Sather and the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, they were phenomenal. They drafted great. They won all those Stanley Cups in the 80s. And, you know, then, then they ran into drafts and they didn't, they didn't get players that ended up performing at the NHL level. But I know this. If you go back and look at all those players they drafted high in the first round and early second round, 
they had a philosophy that we were drafting guys with skill and that could skate. And like, so it doesn't mean that they're all going to turn out, but they understood what their philosophy was and, and, and they stayed true to it. So I think when you start bouncing back and forth and you don't know what you're looking for from a team perspective, you run yourself into problems. For me, I have to take more of a global perspective and say, hey, yeah, this player might not be the greatest skater, but, but he's got these elements which can allow him to play. It's really helped me in my evaluations with respect to scouting players. Outstanding. Uh, always appreciate the scouting tips uh, for those in the UFHL ecosystem who are looking for things, especially because we do scout players three years ahead of their draft year. And scouting is a huge part of the platform, lifeblood of franchises. Any free agent, any prospect goes through a scout. So get in the game where you own the game. Put your scouting talent to good use. In UFFS, you can scout in all sports when you sign up. So if you have a nose for football, baseball, basketball, or hockey, you can scout in them all. You can become an independent scout. You can form a partnership with an existing franchise. And you can reach out for more information on Twitter at the UFHL on Twitter. And you can find out more about getting in the game as a scout. It is uh, so much fun uh, to learn about all these players and then uh, certainly be cheering for them as well. All right, let's go back in time now. Our time machine segment uh, this week uh, is uh, Brant Clark, who was uh, drafted eighth overall by the Kings last year. He's in Barrie. Uh, Can West Generals have this player. Phenomenal season, 37 points, 8 goals, 38 assists in 37 games, rather, and was drafted 8th overall. There was so much talk last year when this draft happened about the immediate comparisons to Drew Doughty uh, because of the, the style of play and the offensive. Uh, is that fair to Brent Clark? Well, Drew Doughty's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, I mean, so... I don't know if it's unfair. I, I think that any time that uh, you want to make a projection uh, to a player such as Drew Doughty, it's lofty. But you, you ask yourself uh, this question. It, 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 is it something that uh, warrants that type of a comparison? I, I would definitely say yes. I would say, yeah, for, for certain it, it warrants that. And because, you know, Brent plays with a, what I call a boldness. He plays with a with a real conviction in his game. Now, now I know this about Brant, and I love Brant, like love him, okay, love him, <laughs> and I love the way he plays. I love the way he thinks. You know, it's interesting how people view different players. And and Dean, you know this: thirty-two NHL teams have a draft list, and not one is the same. And thirty-two teams have a top ten list, and not one of them is the same. In fact. They have a top five list, and not one of them is the same. That's just the way it is, because everybody looks at different things. And I think with Brandt, because, and, 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 and I'm going to put this whole phrase together, because of his conviction of his game and playing it that way and, and, and the boldness that he plays with, you know, that can, that can create some angst for other people and for people evaluating him from an NHL uh, perspective. There's also the part that you look at and go, okay, how much of this is, is working with him and helping him understand? Drew Doughty at the same age was bold and he was bright and he was skilled. And, you know, you, you could even say at times he was, he was a player that was a, a, a river player. And you can say that about Brandt too. What's developmental? What's inherent in terms of weaknesses? 
I don't see anything inherent in, in Brant Clark's game. Now, you know, we talked about maturity, physical, mental, emotional. Players are always maturing and trying to impress upon them, hey, you know what, like this matters. You can have great confidence and you can have great ability and everything, but, you know, when you're, when, when you're part of a team, you know, the pieces have to fit together. Are they always going to fit just perfectly? No, but you have to understand that. That's part of maturation. That's part of, you know, understanding, you know, your part in this. I, you know, he wasn't named a team candidate of the junior team. I didn't think he was ready. Not, not, not from a skill point of view, but there's different elements when you get to that level of competition at the World Junior that are necessary for you uh, to, to, to help a team win. And I'm not suggesting that he couldn't help a team win. I'm just saying through the evaluation process. I've seen lots of 18-year-old players, Dean, that weren't ready at that age to help to, to, to play at the junior at the World Junior Championships. And, and for me, Brad was Brad was the same. And that doesn't mean I'm right. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. But that's how I saw it. Hockey Canada saw it the same way. That doesn't mean they're right. But Brad Clark is such a brilliant player. And you know what? Sometimes players, just the way they play, it's not going to be your cup of tea. It's not going to be your, your, your preferred flavor of ice cream. That's okay. You know, you go and you can have chocolate, you can have strawberry, you can have, you know, mint julep. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the chocolate. It just means your, your preferences are different. That's how I, lo- I love Brad. I, I love the way, I love his creativity. I love his imagination and everything. The, the fact of the matter is, oh, kid, kid, I, I hear it. I go, I, I'm in the rinks. I hear, can you believe what Brad Clark did? Like, oh, geez, uh, why would you want him? And then you hear, like, can you believe that they didn't name him to the team, to the World Junior team? So, like, I mean, I hear it all, on all the spectrum, right? Like, and I just go, okay, tell me, and I say this to people all the time, tell me what will prevent Brad Clark from being a star in the NHL. And, and here's where I'm going to go. I'll tell you who he, I know Drew Doughty comes to mind. He reminds me of a cross between Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. So mm. just think about Brent Burns. Think about all the criticism he gets. He's won a Norris Trophy. He's won a yeah. Norris Trophy. Okay. Well, Eric Carlson gets all kinds of criticism. He's won a couple of Norris Trophies. Drew Doughty's won a Norris Trophy. Take your pick. But I know this. I hear people talk about Drew Doughty negatively. I hear them talk about Brett Burns negatively. I hear them talk about Eric Carlson negatively. I'll tell you this, Dean. They can play on my team any day of the week. I'll take them. And that goes the same for Brad Clark. Well, and and listen, the the NHL, the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, has many, many people that were cut or didn't get invited to a World Junior team. Oh. So if anybody is using that as a litmus test right now, um, it's it's probably not the most accurate. Now, one thing I want to ask you is he, he, he I hear about he's always trying to make something happen. Is there something to a player that has to learn when to go, when to woe as they get older? And, and that's something that they can also mature into, because we know that you you can't go out there thinking I got to make a play every single time. Sometimes you have to pick your spots as they say, is that something that players learn over time? And, and, you know, if a player doesn't get it, then, you know, maybe that could prevent them, but something that guys need to learn when they are so active all the time. You love football. And I know that. Okay. So I'm going to use an example. Brett Favre. Brett Favre is in the hall of fame. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played in the NFL. Now, you know, a criticism of, of Brett Favre was he was always trying to make something happen. I can tell you this, Dean. 
give me the player that's trying to make something happen over the player that's trying to avoid making a mistake. Players do not try to make mistakes. They don't. Now, you need to learn from your mistakes, what can work, what doesn't work. I, I used this previously talking about defensemen. Defensemen, quarterbacks have to learn what not to do. They have to. But if you want to take the boldness out of a player's game, which is a, a real elemental part of their game, uh, you know, I would say be really careful. Was Brett Favre going to maybe throw an interception at an inopportune time? Yeah, he could. But I go back to this all the time, all the time. And it's the great Harry Sinden talking about Ray Borg. And he said this about Ray Borg. He said, you know, look over the course of a game, Ray will make two or three mistakes a game. Some of them are bigger than others. Sometimes the puck ends up in our net. He says, but Ray Borg makes 19 or 20 plays a game that are so good, so great, that help us so much in, 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 in winning those games. And he said, if I have the choice of eliminating two or three at the expense of 19 or 20 good ones, he goes, I'm taking the 19 or 20 every single day. So it's too easy to focus in on the mistakes. And to me, that's, there is a developmental part of it and about learning. I use the word boldness with Brant Clark. Does he have things he's got to learn? Yeah, we all do. But at the end of the day, I want that. I want that in a player. And Brant Clark, to me, I, you know, I, like, I don't have to keep professing my love for him. It's not even Valentine's Day. But I love Brant Clark. And I love his mindset and everything. Do you know this, too? I, just a little trivia thing. The Don Mills Flyers, uh, the, mid, uh, the U16 team, they won the OHL Cup. They had Shane Wright, Brendan Othman, Brant Clark, and Liam Arnsby. Okay, now, you might ask me why I named those four players. Here's why. They were all on that team. They're all captains of their respective teams in the OHL. Just stop and think about that. You, thought, you talk about really good players that have won, and now they're four of the captains in the OHL presently. Arnsby with uh, North Bay. Clark with Barry, Othman with Flint, and Shane Wright with the Kingston Frontenac, all captains. Don't tell me these guys aren't leaders. Yeah, that's it. That, and you look at that roster, that's pretty incredible. And I uh, can't wait to see the bold Brent Clark uh, whenever he does get to the NHL level. Craig, as always, love the time, the passion, and the knowledge, and I can't wait for next week already. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. Craig Button, and you can join in the fun as well. It doesn't have to be just me asking the questions. Uh, at some point, we'll do Craig's counsel. 
we'll do it at uh, some point midway through the season and then at the uh, end of the season after the draft as well. That's where it's uh, scouting tips and story time with Craig. You can ask about a specific player, a specific scouting aspect, uh, a story from his past. Uh, he did win a Stanley Cup with the Dallas Stars, so there might be some good stories there. He was also the GM of the Calgary Flames and built the majority of the team that went to the 4 Finals. So, scouting tips and story time with Craig Button. If you have a question you want us to get to, just send an email, trackingthedraft at gmail.com and we'll add it to the list of topics that we have. And as mentioned, this show proudly broadcast at Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. UFSN is your one-stop fantasy sports shop. You can check out all our programming on our YouTube channel where you can like, subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you think. You can also listen on audio format on your commute whenever you want. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, wherever you find your podcasts. And please rate, like, subscribe. Let us know what you think. If you'd like to be a part of the network, if you'd like to get your show on our network with us, email us UFSN at UFFSports.com. That's UFSN at UFFSports.com. Or you can follow on Twitter at UFS Network and the DMs are open. Big thanks once again to Craig Button for joining us as usual. It is time for us to uh, wrap things up for another episode. But uh, as always, we thank Craig for his time, his passion, and his knowledge. And, of course, we thank you for listening and watching here on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. This is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. My name is Dean Millard. For Craig Button, this has been Tracking the Draft. Have yourself a great rest of your week.